everybody, welcome to the 94th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just a reminder, please check us out on Patreon if you want to get some cool exclusive benefits like access to our Discord and Livecast. And today we are joined by our very special guest, Luke Kelly uh, of The World is Quiet Here, formerly of Zelophilia and Antarctica. Welcome, Luke. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so so glad to have you. Honestly, this is a long time coming for sure. Yeah, it really, yeah, it really has. I feel like uh, sorry, I've got sorry, I haven't really kept in touch with you for over the years. Well, we kind of have just not not as well as we should really have. Come to fruition. I'm, I feel like we've been dropping your name for like years though in the podcast. Yeah, you. <laughs> it's like you're such an integral part of like the MathCast lore at this point, considering that you like <laughs> parodied us on episode, what was it like episode three? We already had such a, a sort of like identifiable cadence to what we were doing that you you were able to like mm-hmm. make such a fucking effective parody, which is very flattering right. and just so funny to this day. I, I love listening to that. Do you still have that recording? Yeah, of course. It's on, it's, it's on, I, I reposted it. After on we interview him, we should probably toss it at the end if you are oh, we, able to do that. We, we threw do that it, again. we threw it into episode four. Oh, I know. But hey, listen, man, we're at 94. Let's fucking get back in there. <laughs> Whoa, wait, it was four. So we're at 94. We're fucking 90 episodes deep, baby. Let's yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah, man. So just so good to have you. And uh, at the end of the episode, we'll be talking with Luke about his experience working with the world is quiet here in their new album. Zon, which just recently came out through Silent Pendulum Records. But the first band that we're going to talk about is See You Next Tuesday. See You Next Tuesday are a mathcore outfit from Bay City, Michigan. Although they've definitely been classified in a number of ways. One could classify them as deathcore or grindcore or metalcore uh, just due to the fact that they just have such an experimental style. And they just recently dropped their new album, their first album in almost 15 years, Distractions, via good fight music on february 17th man i think in terms of like a band that everyone was looking for a follow-up from see you next tuesday we're pretty fucking far up there i feel like it's so unexpected um i would say out of the rolodex of the let's just say right myspace band everybody take a shot uh (laughs) i would say that um them uh what really blew my mind this year i was never expecting them to ever resurface them Dr. Acula as well, where mm. it's just like two bands that just like, whoa, okay. But like, it's very interesting that everybody's kind of coming back in the same year, you know? Sawtooth. Sawtooth and, too. Yeah. yeah, dude. It's it's certainly been a good year for comebacks. Yeah, and even after all these years, I, I think that they still have that same immediately recognizable sound that really comes through on tracks like Hey Look, No Crying and Why Can't You Behave, which mm-hmm. has that kind of like their signature scronkiness, the slidey guitars, the massive off-kilter breakdowns. What you still have here is Drew and Fox in the mix, and that's really what you right. want. I mean, naturally, Drew, you you need that, but I mean, it, it. I mean, as soon as you hear Fox, ridiculously raspy vocals. Ever since Flesh and Blood Robot, I don't understand how his vocal cords work. I'm not saying in like a, I'm not saying like a Lorna Shore way where it's like, how does his vocal cords work? I'm literally just like, dude, after screaming like that, I don't know how you have vocal cords. You know, they're very raspy, very like like a horsed in a way. Yeah, right? he still has he's still got good chops. He hasn't Dude, worn them out. No, it's strengthened. I mean, like you a little less lows like you had on Parasite, but like I would say this definitely is naturally picking up from the fifteen year uh, year release uh, intervals. Right. You know, uh, a little bit more uh, slow and low on some of the tracks, a little bit more. You know? Yeah, for sure. They're definitely putting doing some like sledgier stuff for sure and. You know, I, I think that um, I don't think that intervals left quite as strong as impression as Parasite, but like, I've I've grown to appreciate it over the years, and but I, I do think that distractions exceeds intervals on some levels as well. I mean, 
let's just say it, uh, matured, you know, <laughs> marinated a little bit. You that know? will happen after 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like we've all gotten older and kind of changed a little bit there. But um, I do feel like uh, – so on some of these bands that um, are doing – you know, um, a comeback or something like that. I do like to like read reviews and I definitely have noticed like with these guys, um, they are a lot of, a lot of, um, people comparing them to their, uh, uh, all the MySpace counterparts from the back in the day, you know, uh, I feel like they are in less competition of like, those comparisons are almost always off base by the way. Back, back in the day though, everybody had to have the long titles. Everybody was trying to fit in samples and everything like that. And I feel like they don't need to do that here where they are able to just kind of, uh, I guess, like advance what See You Next Tuesday could be, right. you know? They're, they're transcendent, I think, is yeah. what you're trying to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like advancing, you know? I mean, yeah. back in the day, I feel like everybody was kind of doing the same thing in a way, you know, at some yeah. point. I think opting to not, you know, use those kind of, employ those sort of tropes is, was, was a good idea in this case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your feelings on this album, Luke? How, have you, how did it find you? Oh, that's right. I'm on the podcast. I'm not just listening in. Um, hey, Luke. Welcome, man. Yeah, feel free to interrupt us. Just jump in anytime because don't let us steamroll you. No, 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 no. I was really enjoying the, the banter there. I was just, um, yeah, I have this really bad habit of whenever I listen to music, I just listen to the whole album without looking at the song titles and then I forget to write my notes. But with that said, though, I was really, really loving the uh, just the general brutality and the blast beats and D beats there. Yeah, good um, drumming on this album. And I also... Oh yeah, I really like the drumming and all that. I think, ironically, I think some of my f- um, the parts that really pricked my ears were those. Uh, I don't know if you call them intermissions, but they're super short, um, like they're thirty-ish seconds. Like for example, they're yeah, uh, what tracks I would look at. Yeah, I forget the song yeah, the, titles, um, but I, I did really enjoy those like more noise and electronic-driven elements that those two tracks provided. They really did add some like extra atmosphere and they're not just like a boring interlude you know intermission's good i like that loop that's good yep yeah it's more of an yeah but it's like intermission's a good but it's um yeah it's it's it's, it's a little odd because sometimes uh, intermissions you know people kind of roll their eyes at it because they just seem like oh it's just this filler just to you know to do exactly what the, that title is called filler but in this case yeah it really adds to the atmosphere to it and uh, i really enjoy their use of like just noisy texture mm-hmm. um it just gives us i don't know this frenetic energy that takes you out of um takes you to a, a new moment and i really appreciate it yeah same here i i really i think what they're doing is adding some modular synth that's like midi triggered through the guitar or something there's a several several points on the record i think maybe it was a day in the life of a fool i'm pretty sure the end of that track has a part that sounds like he's triggering modular synth maybe but yeah, there's the, the electronic yeah. elements certainly adding a lot to this record for sure. Uh, they also explore a lot more like softer, more dynamic territory on this record too. I think like the second half of the record with that one-two punch of "I'll never be the same" and "I'll never smile again," like th- mm-hmm. the latter half of that adds some really nice balance to this record with the like the clean guitar passage, and then those like chugging parts over the mechanical and atmospheric whirring. That part goes fucking hard. I really do feel like bouncing off intervals, it is a bit more of a ride. You know, like Luke was saying. He's it's listened, far more he, memorable. Yeah, listening to the whole... I, I, I see I, I see where you're going with that, Luke. Like, this this album specifically, like, I mean, I was doing my notes, so, like, I would have to, like, have to go back and be like, wait, what, what track was that? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, I definitely enjoyed the ride on this. I um, It seamlessly just kind of went through, and just like you were saying, the intermissions uh, really help with that. And we do like to use the word filler, but this time I did not. But if you're going to slam an acoustic track in the middle of something, that's a little bit more of a filler, I feel. 
feel, you know, but this just like 30 seconds of uh, like a transition, you know? You know, on that note, I, I do have one small complaint, and that is I felt that the track listing was a bit bookended with the weakest tracks on the album. Like, the opening track is basically a skit. Yeah. And then track two is kind of a bit of a false start for me. I don't feel like it's their strongest material that they could have led with in that case. I think it's what is it used to be such a funny girl. That one that one didn't quite do for like, the album doesn't really start picking up for me until Hey Look No Crying, which Absolutely. is Absolutely. I mean that's my favorite track. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, then they also end it with a track that just has a bit too much repetition for me and it kind of like it just lost me a little bit. What was and that it, one? What was the name of that? I can't remember the name of the, the closing track is off the top of my head, but yeah. Um, I do. I, I can't remember anything, so I have to have it right in front of me. Uh, the last track is called Strange Music. Strange Music. Thank, Thank you, Luke. You. Yeah. Thank you. At least they didn't do what they did on Intervals. That's their longest track to date, by the way. But at least they didn't do like what they did on the end of Intervals, where they just have like seven minutes of a ticking clock, which is in a way quite poignant. And like I understand the intention behind that. At least it's at the end, so I can just. Yeah, totally. It's, it's supposed to sort of, you know, the, the passing of time is is uh, is brutal for sure. But yeah, I feel like they, they wasted less real estate at, at the very least here. I do want to just bouncing off. We were mentioning earlier, like Sawtooth Grin coming back uh, as well. Uh, this album is really, if you look lyrically, it is focusing more on mental health, which yes. is fucking tits. And I mean, like, uh, the one great, specific- great lyrical content from yeah, Fox um, on this record for sure. Like, w- w- uh, what I had a dream that track, uh, Fox repeatedly is just insisting. What, uh, what are the lyrics? Um, I know every, I know everything will be okay. Right. And it's just like, it's only like a Kendrick Lamar kind of thing. <laughs> it's just like, it's going to be all right. It's just like, it's nice. I mean, I mean, I know as we all know, not everything's going to be okay fully, but it's just nice to be reminded of a positive kind of uh rant like that you know yeah man there's so many good highlights on this record for me hey look no crying obviously that closing breakdown is like kind of an instant classic moment for them a, a lot of self-awareness in the lyrics too i'm noticing dealing with their quote-unquote decaying relevancy and you know it's obviously pertaining to like aging and death and it all seems to be part of a recurring lyrical theme on this album that has to do with like a general like nostalgia i think yep why can't you behave? I thought that was a pretty fucking good one too. Also, very just classically. See you next Tuesday. Yeah, you know all those minor complaints aside. Like, I, I just want to reiterate this is like one of the best albums of the year. Like, this is this is not only a fantastic comeback album, but like, it's like one of the best albums in extreme music of 2023 so far. And I do think it's a lot better than Intervals as well. Yep, yep, I'll agree with you there, man. Oh. You Yo, know, one more track. Yeah, I, wait, wait. Can I interrupt? Yeah, yeah, please. I, it just came back to me. Yeah, yeah. About about oh, nostalgia. Shoehorning it in. Yeah, about there. about nostalgia. Um, like pros, like back in in the ferret days when they were signed with ferret and everything. What do these guys do after 15 years coming back? Not only do they release a, a single, they have a video to that fucking single. Even these days with new bands, not everybody releases a track and then does a music video. I just think it's fucking well should though. Yes, exactly. And like, let's be honest, everybody. We all got people that can. We all got friends and homies that can edit these days you just gotta research and just like reach out a little bit and you can make a video for pretty fucking cheap these days and slap it online um so i just want to say that like shout out to those guys for just not only coming back strong but first single bam music video too let's go so yeah look is there anything else you'd like to add no i'm just excited to listen to whatever track you got to present to everyone I mean, I know you didn't listen to the, uh, you didn't write down the, the specific tracks or anything, Luke. But I mean, do you do you know like one that kind of stood out to you or? In yeah, the did area? you have a favorite track by any chance? Yeah, I got um, I don't know, I got some 
I have my list of favorite moments. One is a uh, hey look, no crying. Um, I really like the the one as you said, Christian, the one two punch of I'll never be the same and and how that ties into uh, I'll never smile again. Yeah. Um, I really also really like a uh, day in the life of a fool. Just it. There are moments that really remind me. Just this really interesting mix of where it's like a oh, um, am I listening to a metal record album or am I listening to a horror movie? <laughs> yes, so with that, that eerie really feedback loop in the beginning. Hell yeah. And then that yep. chunky ass bass line comes in. Yep. That's a that's a really memorable one for sure. I, I also really liked, just to quickly add this in, I, I really liked I Had the Craziest Dream because the beginning of that track must have like fucking 30 different changes in the guitar chords. He's like changed. It's it's pretty like subtle because of how fast it is, but there's clearly a lot of like subtle variation on your normal, just like kind of diminished, you know, sort of half, half step shape, you know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, right, Luke? Levi has no idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, as you hear that? I nodded for no reason. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you like a half to minute shape? You know? Dude, yeah. the shapes. Don't get me started You know, try tones, right, brother? <laughs> I don't want four of them. I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what. Four tone. Yeah, I don't want that, man. Four. All right, so um, I think we should give him, hey, look, no crying. I, that's like just like such an instant classic of a see you next tuesday song it was the first track but it's like that they released but it's like fuck it man it was great dude it's it's the breakdown for me at the beginning that really fucking brings it plus at the beginning <laughs> or at the end rather no no, me. <laughs> no just, if there was a breakdown at the beginning i'd take that too <laughs> did i say beginning yes you did breakdown at the end yep. so we're gonna give you hey look no crying which is track three from see you next tuesday's new album distractions which came out on february 17th via good fight music here we go. Bye. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so that was Hey Look, No Crying, which is track three from Distractions, which is See You Next Tuesday's first album in almost 15 years. It came out back on February 17th via Good Fight Music. So next, we're going to talk about Thin. And Thin are a math grind trio from Brooklyn, New York. And they just released their new full-length album, Dusk, back on February 10th via 12 Gauge Records. Which, great fucking label, by the way. Just a, a venerable DIY label that's just been pumping out good shit for so long. I would like to say releasing everything. Thank you for your service, Jihad. Yep, Jihad, uh, you are amazing. Uh, just when I trip out about just like how long I've been purchasing albums from you. Can't you can't see me. I'm saluting you right now. Yeah, yeah, you just did. That was a great salute. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Took his pants down. It was kind of weird. Uh, but uh, Dishonorable yeah. discharge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo, but uh, uh, once again, though, uh, 12 gauge, amazing. Uh, now let's bounce there uh, to Thin. Um, Thin have only just perfected this uh, very unique screamo-y kind of sound going on. It's a the, bit more screamoy this time around. It really in, is in general. I think not like heavily, but in the the vocals are definitely hitting those like shrieky, b- frantic, panicky bird screams. Yeah, woo, that's good. Uh, yeah, um, I would like to say as well the like the random lows, the almost the guttural cookie monster, cookie monstery. Yeah, kind of thing. he's doing cookie monster lows now. Yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like a power vines. I'm listening to like a D beat band. I mean, those were like, like there occasionally, but there's like a big. There's a lot of that on this record in particular. Yeah, it, uh, like the first two tracks are like boom. Boom! With that, yeah. you know, so it's like holy shit. But uh, yeah, man, I I want to say as well, um, just the the album title and then the the album artwork. Big fan of the album artwork. It's really good. really enjoyed that. Orbs are in. Yeah, the orb the orb is in in twenty twenty three, baby. Go look it up on my Instagram. There's all these huge. orb albums coming out in twenty twenty three. Luke, didn't you have an orb on your? They did. Zahn is one of them. <laughs> Zahn was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> did you see that post? No, I. I... No, I think I'm uh, I think I'm out of the loop. I'm out of the you're orb. Of the orb. Wait, but you're in the orb. You're the guy doing it, man. You got to check that, that meme out. He's out of the loop, but he's in the orb. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it counts, baby. <laughs> I hate us right now. Can I, I say that? This is, we're, we're being really insufferable. I'm sorry. We, I feel like Christians become a dad, we so invited, I'm like milking dad jokes now. Like I don't even We know invited you on the podcast to try out bits. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Luke. Well, Christian, since you're a dad now, are you going to uh, come up with a math core index pun uh, pun book for oh, dads? I, I guess I have to. I need to. I, I monetize everything, so why why not monetize that, right? I mean, you kind of you're already on your way there with the uh, with the four four crossed out there. <laughs> yeah, you your calculator. You like that? Yeah. Anti calculator music. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to be really upset about the the swimsuit calendar that's going to come out. <laughs> Everybody's going to be very upset about that. <laughs> I should have. I should have shaved. You should have covered your nipples most of the time, for sure, dude. It was fucking weird. They are weird. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, stay tuned for that merch coming. <laughs> Every Patreon supporter gets a calendar, no matter what. You get <laughs> Math core index swimsuit calendar. Yeah. All right. You didn't that. want it. You didn't ask for it. But yo, uh, uh, back to, back to thin. Uh, I, I do want to say though. Uh, overall, um, I'm all about digestibility. Uh, this this album though has a lot of sh- short and sweet tracks in the best way. Um, it's very concise. Yeah, it's it's almost like the grind the grind aspect, but uh, not grind. Uh, but I just love the just like that 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 done. Moving next track like that kind of thing. Um, so I really enjoyed this uh, album overall. It uh, blew past pretty fast. Yeah, for sure, man. It, it's it's over in, in like 14 minutes, I think. Yeah. But they don't like waste any time. There's only, I mean, it's it's very lean in that way. There's yeah. like one, there's like one like little interlude track. And then there's like a closing, 
like kind of an acoustic thing, which is something that's becoming a bit of a tradition for them. They always have kind of a bit of an Americana flavor. <laughs> I noticed that. In yep. the tradition of bands like The Chariot, you know, who also would famously do like banjo and acoustic guitar stuff. But yeah, they're sneaking in the acoustic stuff. Um, a, a, a couple points on this record, actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. One of their longer tracks is uh, the track Liminal, and I found that was my that's favorite track. One. Yep, that that's was a banger. Yeah, Liminal is sick. Absolutely feral vocal performance on that one. Frantic feral. I love all this. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Uh, Ashley, right? Yeah, Ashley. Ashley, love you, man. It's fucking great. What were your thoughts on this, Luke? Uh, a lot of what you guys already said, but I, yeah, it seems like a very interesting dark record. It seems, uh, even though, as you said, there's a lot of grindy or, or, or uh, almost grindcore well, not grindcore, but uh, yeah, for sure they're, they're they're math grind. I think there's some significant cross grind. crossover there for sure. Grindy, let's, I, yeah. I, let's use that. I don't know, I don't know you kids and your and your micro labels. <laughs> I, right. I just I can never keep up with you guys. But uh, no, this is this very dissonant, very uh, very frenetic, feral energy that I really enjoy. There's also these very like these short but very concise moments of um, where it's like very bright. I think oh, what what song was it? I think it might have been liminal. Yeah, Liminal's a banger. And Bright's a good way to describe it. I think you could attribute that possibly to the fact that he plays Fender. You know, it's like everything is single coil. So I think you get that, like, you get more of a a brighter tone out of the guitars. Specifically, of course, I'm reading a lot into that as a guitarist, thinking Mm -hmm. about guitar maybe, but... No, there there was actually... It's funny you mentioned it because um, one of my notes I wrote here is sharp guitars, and I thought uh, that would explain why the single coil um, Fender or Strat. But, um, yeah, there, there was some... Yeah, it's a very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. I remember just listening to it. It's, it's just a very interesting. I hate to use the word art record because I know some people kind of use that with an air of pompous or pompous circumstance, but just like it, it seems. I don't know. It seems very unusual. It seems very uh, poetic. Even the yeah. po- uh, the lyrics they themselves seem like really short poems for what I think of like the fifties beatnik mo- movement. Very prose poems. Yes. Fuck Luke. I am picking up what you're throwing down. That sounds yeah, dude. I, in in I'm the with tradition of of uh, J R Hayes, a pig destroyer, in my opinion, I think it's a very poetic. yeah, very very poetic, abstract, uh, you know, angular kind of prose poetry lyrics, non repeating. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But, um, a very ominous record. You said dark. Ominous is, was the the descriptor I had here. I, it, I like that one. It, it, art, art is a good descriptor as well. I, I do feel like they've really taken an experimental turn on this record in particular. They have a really interesting trajectory. Like they've, I mean, they when you start off as a grindcore band, I think there's sort of this expectation that you are like sort of non-experimental or just like you will adhere very closely to the conventions of the genre. But they are they're pretty goddamn experimental. Like they, yeah, again, we're, as they were talking about earlier, there's sort of some bit, some screamo elements, a couple moments that sort of read to me like black metal. There's pitch shifting on this album too, which I really appreciated. Like if there was pitch shifting previously, I didn't really pick up on it quite as much, but now it's like just on the first couple tracks, Din and 23 cats specifically really adds a lot to the, the sense of franticness on that. They're adopting more restraint too. I think that kind of goes along with the, uh, the quote unquote art, grind side of it or whatever whatever you want to call it like with this more spoken word approach especially i think that comes to rear view um and botulism has quite a bit more of the spoken word approach on it damn bud well said also it seems like the bass is playing a, a much more prominent role in their songwriting too like 
it opens pretty heavily for tracks like Bastard, mm-hmm. Fond When I Think About It, which is one of the best tracks on the album, and Rear View. And ultimately, the, I think those are the best tracks and the most dynamic cuts. The bass is definitely stronger in the mix as well. Um, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, I mean, honestly, dude. I think uh, I'm, out of, I'm out of notes here, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. Okay, one last thing. I don't want to use the D word on this podcast. I might even cut this later because I don't want to get shamed for saying it. But I feel like they have a very stylistic parallel to daughters like in the way that they've both undergone a change in moniker and are sort of progressively adopting more and more a restraint you know for lack of a mm-hmm. better word in, mm-hmm. in their in their approach it's less like blast beat focus i guess is what i mean yeah yep different vocal stylings you know I more hate. genre experimentation i hate the world i hate that we have to fucking do that <laughs> right i don't want to like <laughs> i don't want to like goddamn. i'm not trying to promote fucking daughters on this podcast but like let's be real you all know who they are and i'm not trying to be like a yeah. revisionist i'm not trying to like rewrite history here and say that they're not an influential band to so many different bands that we enjoy now but all the way from from canada song to to the self-titled you're absolutely correct i mean there is a there is um there's an addition and kind of a a maturing of it but like nothing's being taken out it's just things are added to you know it's just so weird to have to say that and then have to put the fucking asterisk of but yeah. you shouldn't listen to them because they're <laughs> shitty people you know what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i hate the world we live in i hate this <laughs> this <Yeah>. is stupid <laughs> and if you don't know what i'm talking about just look it up i'm not gonna I'm not gonna spell it out on the podcast Google it's it. too Google it's too it. horrific to recount and on, trigger warning honestly all that unpleasantness out of the way fond when i think about it is probably my favorite track though either that or rear view no okay Monkey. Yeah, Rearview is definitely sort of like the, yeah, I mean, a bit of a slow burner, but like, I really like the, the variety that you get on that track. It's, to be honest with you, let's let's do that one. I mean, on, I was I, thinking, well, we should definitely give them um, fond when I think about it. That, has, that, that sort of like wraps up everything that we were just talking about in a very nice, neat little bow. It's got the Cookie Monster Growls. It's got yeah, the spoken yeah, word. We need that. We need the curtain. It's got the, it's got all the grindy shit, and it's got kind of a bit of the uh, the screamo frenetic uh, franticness, franticness, franticness. Mm, oh my god, that's so articulate. That's <laughs> there it great. is. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I would say, I mean, my, myself, I, I would argue and say liminal, but uh, I do like where. Yeah, yeah. Let's, I, let's go with that. I definitely had that on my top tracks. Just to be fair. Okay. So we're gonna go and play for you. Bond when I think about it which is off of Thin's new album, Dusk, and that came out on February 10th via 12 Gauge Records. Here we go. All right, so that was Fond When I Think About It, which is track four from Dusk, which is Thin's new album that came out on February 10th. So next, we're going to talk about Eyes. And Eyes are a hardcore outfit from Copenhagen, Denmark, featuring the homie Victor of Telos. And they just dropped their new album, Congratulations, on February 3rd via Indisciplinarian. And, you know, although we're talking about what is basically like a metalcore band, their approach is rather straightforward in terms of arrangement, and I'm noticing a big emphasis on minimalism 
on the way that they sort of like repeat those sliding guitar riffs and simple drum parts. Mm-hmm. But the result is some serious goddamn earwigs, though. This is a catchy fucking album. I was just going to say, I'm like, well, mm-hmm. what you just described is describing a catchy album yeah. to me. Yeah, it's yeah. extremely <laughs> catchy. <laughs> it's like, fuck, man. Yeah. Um, Homie is very busy between this band and Telos. Both bands. I mean, we, we haven't covered Telos in quite a while, but God damn it. Also a banger of a band, man. The, these, so. if, if you've been paying attention to like the batch of singles that they released ahead of this fucking album, like they were all really, really good. I know Tomb Tapes fucks with, uh, you know, Telos. I'm not sure if Tomb Tapes or Zegma is doing Eyes. I'm not sure what label Eyes is on. A disciplinarian. There we go. Thank you. Um, but yeah, overall, man, just like Christian said, uh, it is, uh, I, I guess, um, very straightforward, very great fucking hardcore metalcore album, you know. I really, um, some really biting fucking panicky vocals at points. Um, Incredible really, lyrics. Some fucking, there's some great groovy. socio-political yeah. commentary, but also very like introspective too. Wow. You're commenting on the lyrics. Wow. Okay. I'm taking that off. I read the lyrics. Yeah. I really, really enjoy the lyrics on this album in particular out of all the ones. I mean, the scene excuse the album was definitely pretty far up there, but lyrically like Victor is doing some strong fucking work on this album. Well, just like Telos, I mean, the same thing. I mean, that that band is, uh, well, well, uh, it's just, um, the, that last album Telos did, vocals are so fucking strong, it's a, it's a ride of a fucking album. Uh, but, but back to Eyes, I want to say that my favorite track is Tearjerker. This whole... That was good. This whole release, though, the, the consistent energy through the whole album, I, I want that always. I want that driving force. Like, I, I understand, like, we we're talking, like... The, the intermissions, you know, with like See you Next Tuesday and stuff like that. But sometimes I just like to plow through a fucking record, man. <laughs> if you want to talk about driving, this is like the most driving of driving metalcore records ah, I've so, ever heard. So we agree. 100%. Yeah. Like this is a very driving, very, it's just the forward motion is palpable. We like, just, Christian and I just shook both of our hands together. We crossed arms and shook hands. <laughs> <laughs> through our zippers. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, dude, it's Luke fucking, side, he can vouch. Uh, it, it's like uh, yes, I, I, I can I feel, see it all. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> eyes also, everybody, just go check out. They have some great fucking live shit, great music, music videos, videos, dude. Great it's live sessions. Very well produced. Um, They're putting know. in the fucking work. Yep, absolutely. Yep, that's all I gotta say. Done kissing their ass. What were your thoughts on this, Luke? <laughs> well, I got what's uh, I got some more ass kissing on my end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, baby. Now that, no, like I said, uh, well, like you guys said, uh, I really agree with you with the forward driving motion. Um, I especially listening to in context to the, the other lineup, well, the rest of the lineup of the albums that we're going to talk about today. I felt like this was probably the most punk in energy, uh, really refreshingly ha- hardcore, uh, the, the hardcore punk um, that I really enjoyed. Uh, the even though it doesn't sound like it, it, for some reason it reminds me of that general atmosphere back like uh, Minor Threat era or like the late 80s, early 90s. Not necessarily the music, but I feel like, say you're, you're in high school, you're early 20s and you're realizing, <laughs> hey, there's this fresh new trend called hardcore, which is, <laughs> it's it's like punk, but it's faster and, and even better. So I, yeah. I feel like they are kind of tapping to that strange... You just gave me goosebumps. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, no? You just gave me goosebumps. Minor Threat was my shit, like, like sophomore, junior, senior. The, the innocence of that introduction and just, like, the, the, the world of possibility opening is, like, so exciting for a young person, you know? But, yeah, this is... That, yeah, so, this is I, see what, I see what you're getting at, though. Please continue. Yeah, so, I mean, with, with what little words I am able to describe it with, uh, it's... 
it does have that sort of exciting um, atmosphere to it where you feel like, as as you also mentioned, uh, Christian, is kind of being reintroduced into the world and this new, brave new world of music that can be. It's just really, it, but it's just lots of fun. Yeah, I, it's lacking pretension. I can't, I can't stop using the word fun yeah. and catchy when listening to this. I think what it is is it's got this air of accessibility about it that's like, if you know, like, if you can imagine a 16 year old hearing a riff and being like, this is exciting, then I think that you've, you're hitting something that's, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not pretentious. It's not overly technical. It doesn't have any, um, it doesn't, I mean, it, it insists upon itself, but in the best fucking way. Like, the, the way that they, the way they repeat their riffs it reminds me of, and this is sort of a weird parallel to draw, but I, I kept thinking of the way that post-punk bands do their arrangements and that the riff just goes like an ostinato while the percussion will like change, you know? The riffs repeat so many times to the point that they become like meditations, you know? Mm. Especially on tracks like Value and Congratulations, I felt like those were some pretty fucking strong showings. It's almost like the, it's like you're hearing a skipping record, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, conversely, their music kind of reminds me of some maximalist bands, even though they've got like compositional minimalism. It's like the, the, like they kind of remind me of the Armed, and like they're just their general their general approach or oeuvre, as Otis the might oeuvre, say. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I see where you're going there. Yep, yeah, for sure. Um, man, it's uh, I, I do feel like they are a well-formed uh, band, well-produced. Uh, the, the, the videos they are, are well-formed. Well-formed, man. <laughs> top notch. Uh, but uh, but I mean, just like yeah, the uh, yeah, it's it's um, just like just like going back to Telos again. Uh, I really do hope like Eyes, they are kind of picking up that pace and just kind of uh, adding to each album, you know. So, yeah, this is this is fucking good. This is like one of the best, like many of the albums that we're talking about on this podcast. They are this is one of the strongest releases in underground music so far this year. Uh, yeah, just a very strong track listing. Like the beginning of the album, especially, just is so strong with Generation L, with those like biting socio political commentary lyrics. Basically, an ode to like the working class millennial and like yep. working class zoomer who is never going to own a house. Congratulations! That I think that was the biggest earwig of the record for me. Honestly, like it's just, mm-hmm. even though it's basically driven by a two chord part, they still manage to add a lot of subtle variation that really adds a lot of texture. Uh, Dollboy was another one. The reason I like Dollboy so much was basically just the one random hand clap. <laughs> There's just like a one <laughs> clap. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I like that. But what comes after it is like so. So I mean, it's a catchy track in general. But like that, that part anchors. I think for me, just what is memorable about the track in general. Yep. Um, value again that for that lyrical mantra. I'm, I'm just looking at the track listing now and saying song titles. I'm sorry, tube and then and ballast as well. But what I appreciate about ballast in particular is just the finality of that track. Like when the track ends, you know the fucking album is over. I, I appreciate that quality greatly. I feel like nowadays people just like write the album and they just write a song and it's the last track and there's no sense of finality, no catharsis, no like you feel it coming, you know. Got it. Got it. Let's it's it's like lacking there. lacking intention of just sort of like giving us closure. And I, I feel like this track definitely fucking does that. When Ballast ends, you know the, al- the album has come to a close. Um, What's the track, man? I think "Congratulations" is the track. Personally, I think that's the strongest showing on the album overall. If I if I were like to show somebody, maybe it's not like the most technical, like technically proficient song on the album. But if I were to like show a random person "Eyes," I would definitely show them 
either generation L or, or congratulations. I think. Yeah. What, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, both nope. both are great, but I do. Uh, I, I love your suggestion there because honestly, like, I don't know, tearjerker. It's good, but you know, you got a bit. You got a. You you showed your cards there. You know. What do you think, Luke? Nah. Nope, definitely congratulations for me. I've actually been having that riff stuck in my head ever since we were talking about eyes this whole time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's that kind of fucking riff. It really does really does stick with you. It's a goddamn year week. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Congratulations, which is the title track from Eyes' new album that came out on February 3rd via Indisciplinarian. Here we go. So that was Congratulations, which is the title track from Eyes' new album that came out back on February 3rd via Indisciplinarian. I'm having difficulty saying that right now for some reason. It's a lot. So next, we're going to talk about Lotus Eater Machine. And Lotus Eater Machine are a death crime outfit from Boston, Massachusetts. And they just dropped their new album, Prisoner to Seven Demons, on February 17th. And the album was notably mixed recorded mixed and mastered by Nick Cates of Mouth Breather. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with the band, uh, Lotus Eater Machine were originally known as Geister Far, and back in 2018 they released Demolition Flesh, which we covered on this podcast. Fucking great album. 
I just wanted to mention it because it was such a good, just like great, refreshing sound, refreshing take on like the MySpace era deathcore. It's it's mathcorey grind, like, but with, with like, grind like death, too. Yeah. yeah, it's like the deathcore lows, but like there was like it's just mathy, like spazzy. Like, what, what we're describing is MySpace era music, like, yeah. and, and I really felt like they were bringing it back pretty effectively, yeah. especially in particular adding the deathcore tinge, which is sort of less popular these days. So there's like heavy chugging guitar lines and those minor third riffs, and then Pete is also doing arguably like deathcore style vocals with like the. The tunnel throat approach. You yeah, know? The, he's definitely got the tunnel throat approach. Um, An incredible vocal performance, by the way. Like his his vocals really shine on this. I mean, the, the instrumentals are great, but like he is really he's quite versatile. I want to say that um, Lotus Eater, like they have definitely um, Lotus Eater machine. Lotus Eater, yes, short. Lo- short. Well, Lotus Eater is a problematic. Oh right, right. Lotus right. Eater machine. Oh man, I really got to say that. Oh right, we had this conversation. We, we weren't going to talk about it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so now you're making me talk about now, it. Now, yeah, now we're talking about it. How about, okay, how about this? I'm going to say something, and we do need to like kind of braze over something that we need to, you know, that we both agree on. But uh, I do want to say that um, overall, from uh, you know the first release, uh, that EP they did, uh, they had two tracks on a four way split that we did. Uh, on my label cliff parade that we did not physically press uh due to said band that sucked on the four-way split but um the the tracks that they did you can see agent molder we'll just say agent molder fuck yourselves um so uh the 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 transition though of them what they're doing there and you can see this like heavier death core kind of death like metal side kind of like touching on i know they had a drummer switch up i'm pretty sure or at least the drummer is like no? Okay. I don't know. I'm giving okay. him a confused look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, ultimately, like, <laughs> I, I do want to say, though, that they have focused more on the blast beat side and the lows. Uh, I really enjoyed Demolition, Demolition Flesh, what that was. But that EP was so death Corey that the the one that... Oh, fucking, I can't... Uh, it, it makes me so... Um, I didn't write anything down. because There's the a name, lot of music in the this na- world. Well, the, okay, name, the name switch... <laughs> Is, is hard, you know, because when you look things up. But ultimately, uh, Dem- Dem- Vivisection Parade. Thank, thank you. Thank you so fucking much. That was like. Thank you. Couldn't tell you. That was the best. Guy, guy couldn't tell you. Uh, that was the that was the most like. <laughs> also, nice. welcome to our, our Patreon and Discord. Really, yes. new one. We, we got a, we got a new we got a new member. And new you member chimed in. in. Yeah. No, no. Love it. Uh, but uh, you saved your ass. Now you get two of the math core index calendars coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, the uncut version too. But uh, the the <laughs> EP really kind of went more towards the death Corey myspace side and i feel like here they are just kind of honing in that sound just kind of like dialing in what they're doing um i hate the fucking name switch it confuses me it's hard to like look up i I have to agree with you i'm not super fond of the moniker change especially i mean i don't want to like dwell on it but especially considering it's so similar to a band that is like yeah, they were very canceled. Uh, the vocals was very canceled. It was a three. They were boycott. It was a it was a three piece band. Look up Locust Eater. It, I mean Lotus Eater. It bad. But um, I do want to say though, uh, as far as trying to switch, um, Christian and I did agree. Well, first of all, we agreed that the name change was confusing. But we also, I mean, it's. I'll, I mean, at least the fucking music is good. The, the bottom mu- line is the well, music the music is, is, is consistent. Yeah. There, it's a transition, right. and with the name change, I see you guys are still moving forward, but. Um, to have the name Geistafar, which is always already a mouthful, then to switch it to Lotus Eater Machine, <laughs> it's like, god damn it! Like I, I like 
I don't know, man. It's we just, said that we wouldn't do this loader Lotus Eater machine. I'm so sorry. We, we love you guys. We, we love do you love you guys. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, like, I like, like, you fucked with my label. Like, I mean, just, but I, I want to say, like, I'm so confused. I just like take this, take this, knowing that it's coming from a place of love. And, yep. Yep. Little, uh, maybe roasting. We're roasting him a little bit there, right? Look, we're Dean Martin right now, right? Right? right. What's up with the Lotus Eater machine? Fucking... I don't know if we have enough tact to do to do that, but but we got cigars right now. We're chilling. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, but no, ultimately, right. that, we 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 agreed we were gonna just touch on this in a sec, uh, on, for a, for a second. And like Christian said something, I said something. But like we love you guys. Like fucking this album i mean this yeah don't 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 internalize that as a any sort of like significant criticism about the art that you're making it's more of just being nitpicky because we're fucking neurodivergent (laughs) yeah sure sure yeah um the ep though uh, overall though i I do feel like it is a you guys are still moving forward um it's so strong fuck dude um again projecting perhaps what is the banger track here oh shit um cyber spells I know it starts off the album with this, but like I love Cyberspells. Definitely a very song, uh, strong start to the album I for get sure. The lows right away. I get the blasts. Like goddamn, dude. Uh, what were your feelings on this album, Luke? Oh jeez, I have many feelings about this album. Uh, let's see. To start with, well, I, I want definitely. To hear them all. I have to hear them all. Okay. Well. Uh, Definitely some of the things I was thinking of when listening to it. It's definitely Deathcore Galore for my toes. Uh, oh, I'm taking that from you. Deathcore Galore. Is that is that not already a blog? Because it, it needs to be. Must. What the fuck, dude? Get the fuck out of here, total Deathcore. It's Deathcore Galore now, baby. Uh, it, well, Deathcore Galore and definitely Blast Beat City is the other <laughs> note I wrote down here. It's, Blast Beat City. There's such a, a, sim- a simplicity to that one that I really appreciate, though. It's yep. like you were—you didn't stay a full night working on it, but it really, it, it hits. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I mean that in the, in the highest possible praise. Though, totally. it's, it's the drumming is, is it, fucking outstanding on this record in it particular. Is. It is like it's ridiculous. Yeah, the, the drumming chops are, are out of this world. Honestly, the guitars going super fucking hard as well, uh, especially on. Track two, Cathedral of Carnality. The guitar line on that mm-hmm. track, really loving the use of dissonance, um, and the bass line really adding quite a bit as well. I think too. Yeah, there's just yeah, it's just incredibly. Br- I know this word has been done to death, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's definitely brutal. Mm. Wh- whether you feel that sh- that you should be replaced with a V, I will leave that up to you, elitist. But it's. To me, it, it seems very brutal record. It's uh, overall um, also a lot of variety. I really love how it. Uh, and there's a lot of dynamics to it. A lot of uh, a lot of change in pace. Mm-hmm. It just seems really. Even though we keep using, I keep using the word anyway. Death chorus galore and brutal and blast beats and all that. It really does seem to wrap together very well as a really cohesive, uh, dynamic record where it's able to flow, ebb and flow from different moment to moment. Uh, slows down speeds up gets quiet gets loud right uh, but but done in a way that's like really it's like it's like cinematically dissonant which i really appreciate with a lot of records mm. or some some records it's kind of hard to pull that off you know, i think the, the one note that i have i thought so when i was like 14 or 15 i saw there was like a couple anime horror um uh cartoons and no it, it wasn't it was not amv it was okay. specifically it was uh, actually the actual anime horror um, uh, TV show, whatever it was. I could not be able to tell you, but it was. I remember just being like, "Wow, this is this is uh, kind of giving me the creeps for being, you know, a fourteen year old." Um, but the the music there that they use, the, the type of metal, is like very. 
I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like it's very Japanese-centric metal, and I can never pinpoint that type of sound, but I heard that here on this record. And that's, uh, I know Cath- Cathedral of Carnality has that. Some of their sludgier moments. Yeah, that's a fucking banger. I'm glad we, we agree on that. Yeah, they really do. It really, it really is a cohesive record stylistically as well. I, see, I hear what you're saying. Like, they're, they're really good at genre integration, which is something that we obviously champion on this mm-hmm. podcast as, as fans of, of mathcore and shit. Uh, just because mathcore, I feel like, sort of allows one the opportunity to to operate under, you know, uh, to operate under the same umbrella, but bring in a, a variety of influences without anyone raising an eyebrow. Because yeah, the metal community is so unforgiving of when you like ex- when you deviate from the, the framework of like your last album. You know what I'm saying? Like as soon as they hear something they f- different, they feel like they're being betrayed because you've sort of you, you know uh, usurped their expectations or whatever. Yeah, but I, I do feel like um, compositionally, I think they're starting to find their their voice on this album as well. Because previously, I, I could really feel that "See You Next Tuesday" influence coming through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and although it's definitely still, they're still drawing from like See You Next Tuesday and like Psyopus maybe with, with some of like the guitar parts, but maybe to a lesser extent. But I think that bringing in like allowing the death metal influence to come in a bit more on this record was was a good move, especially on tracks like Plague Sermon. Like, holy fucking yeah. shit. The first like 10 mm-hmm. seconds of that track are, if that doesn't make you want to mosh, you need to go to the fucking hospital immediately. <laughs> Check because, yourself, get your blood cleaned. Yeah, you need to get your brain fucking looked at, dog, because that should make you want to run through a fucking wall. <laughs> like, the, when he does that, like, Ugh, it's just like a simple like mosh call. Yep. Holy shit. Like, I cannot sit still when I hear that. That is like one of the best moments on the record for sure. It's this album still pleases me so much, you know. I it's mean, fucking fantastic. Yeah. It is. It is good. Like it's. I, my, my one hang up was, and this is a very sort of nitpicky thing. It's the production, like, I specifically the drums. Oh, buddy boy! Once you pointed it out, I couldn't avoid it anymore. They're very, they're very like two thousand eight deathcore, and I, I feel like that's sort of working against the record in a way. Like it kind of, it's a bit too clicky, kind of compressed on the the kick drum and snare. I think for me, it's. I mean, I, I understand like the intention behind the, the production aesthetic or whatever, but like it makes it, it makes it just a little less enjoyable for me. But again, that's like so that's pretty nitpicky. It's just a, a minor production woe for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The guitars sound great, the vocals sound great, but yeah, the the drums just work a little bit, a little bit. Um, I don't know if compressed is the word that I want to use, but. I mean, that's really right. I mean, the critique here is maybe the, the compressed drums and then the name change is our only thing. Other than that, yeah. man, this is a fucking banger. I, the music fucking bangs. Yeah. Like, if you like deathcore or grindcore or mathcore, you should be all over this shit. I, I feel like they're like just one of those bands who unfortunately probably just has trouble fitting in in any one particular scene when you're that genre-defying, like... It's hard to like find a home, but fortunately, Mathcore Index welcomes bands say, you like have, that. You have a home here for that yeah, reason. Yeah, one hundred percent, Mathcore Index will always be behind bands like that, which is why you find us talking about bands like this on the podcast. Boom. Anything else you want to add to that, Luke? Since we just steamrolled you for like ten minutes there. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just uh, no, nah, I'm just. I was actually reviewing the track list, and I'm actually very torn as to what should what we should play next. I uh, vote. My vote is Cathedral of Carnality, but. I definitely liked 401 Karoshi. Voluntary lobotomy fucking yeah. goes hard. And uh, Machine Hell for sure. And Plague Sermon, obviously, because like the death Oh core. my god, you named every other fucking track other than the one that I want in Cyber Cells. <laughs> Whatever, do you? Jesus Christ, you literally named every other track. Sorry, Levi. That's so typical of us to have you pick the... <laughs> 
this is more classic of us. We used to we lately we've been agreeing more than mm. usual. Where it's like, wait, that's what? true. Yeah, but I think in this case, Luke also said Cathedral of Carnality, so yeah, I, I yeah. feel like that's what we got to do. You guys get it. Fine, mm-hmm. take it. <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and play for you Cathedral of Carnality, which is from Lotus Eater Machine's new album, which is called Prisoner to Seven Demons, and that came out on. When did that come out again? They came out on February 17th. Here we go. So that was Cathedral of Carnality, and that's off Lotus Eater Machine's new album, Prisoner to Seven Demons, and that came out on February 17th. So next, we're going to talk about Homewrecker and the Bedwetters. And Homewrecker and the Bedwetters are a metalcore band from Denton, Texas. And they just dropped their new EP, Undressing, on January 25th. Going back a little bit for this one, but it had to be done. Also, shout out the homie. Josh suggested this, and he was definitely fucking of, of Yatsu. And he suggested oh, this. Oh, God damn it. Got you. Yeah, so gotcha. um, you know who he is, Levi. Yeah, I do. We used to we used to feud with him all the time back in the day <laughs> on the apparatus message board. I would go online and argue with, with fucking Josh about whether or not Beneath the Massacre was good. I think that was like the one real point of contention that we had is he didn't like Beneath the Massacre. Or he was calling them like Deathcore. And, he, and then he said that Deathcore was new metal, which is kind of, in a way, sort of like I get the point we're he was trying to make. We're still very upset with you, Josh. We're it, very upset in a way, you. it makes my brain hurt as well because, yep. you know, genre classification. That's what, that's what I do. So anyway, yeah. Uh, this is uh, some very mosh conscious metalcore with like a dash of sass on the vocals, though. There's a little bit more of a dash. There is fucking sprinkles to the fucking <laughs> album, man. It's like I wasn't trying to oversell the sass elements because I feel like that might 
is maybe is not entirely on base. There's, there's a couple of moments that are definitely distinctly kind of reminiscent of CU Space Cowboy, which is sort of why I, I draw that comparison. I kind of like that. I also want to compare them to a PS You're Dead as well. I, they're on a very similar tip for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I have to um, agree with you there. Uh, sort of like sassy with some fucking nasty breakdowns. Some insanely heavy moshy moments that yep. I would compare to to Code Orange actually, like mm-hmm. just on the turn, like the level of of mosh friendliness level of like mosh accessibility it's a very very high level of mosh accessibility i feel like i feel like um god damn it i can't even remember what we just uh we covered a while ago um it was also kind of a cybery sassy band um my apologies uh, thought crime huh thought crime from illinois yeah thought crime yes yeah. thought crime holy I'm patting Christian on the back. There's only, there's only so many of them, dog. <laughs> so, but, but I mean, I'm going to compare the, with, with the vocals. Um, the vocals, shrieky, talky, frantic. You got all of that fucking in the mix there. It's amazing. It, um, it, it's, it's adding to that sass. It, it's not one dimensional. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were your thoughts on this, Luke? No, I, I'll try not to play. I'll try not to play so much on the sass because I wrote that probably like three times in my notes too. Sassy, <laughs> sassy. Sassy, sassy, classy, and nasty. Um, the other thing <laughs> nasty, really, yeah, weird, you got, like, yeah, he's got fucking taglines for days. This guy. <laughs> but uh, one thing I really appreciated, uh, especially because I listened to this right after listening to uh, Lotus Eater Machine, production-wise, in comparison, it's very organic, which I which I appreciated. Um, a good palate cleanser after that, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a palate cleanser. So I mean, it's just, it seems very natural. It seems like as I just definitely think it's a very cool, like, it's a mixture of, like, punk, hardcore, and metal, and just in a way that seems really, uh, really engaging, it seems really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's more than just physical, but, uh, anyway, it gets your body moving. I noticed, now, um, in the reviews that I, uh, read from these guys as well, from this album, um, like, three times they're mentioned just as punks. You know, so I, I see where you're kind of going with that, man. There's... Nobody wants to be pigeonholed. Let's be let's be real, but yeah, like, yeah. this is what journalists do: is they have to figure out they have to figure out language that we all agree on to describe your music. So mm-hmm. when you say it's heavy, it's we're a heavy band or we're punk. That could mean you sound like do you sound like Black Sabbath or do you sound like Black Flag? Because clearly, in this case, not really either one of those things. So. I get really annoyed by that as a journalist, and I'm not. This is not an attack on Homewrecker and the Bedwetters, by the way. You guys are the shit, but just in in general, I, I get annoyed when people are so defensive about being pigeonholed because, yeah, it, you, can't, you can't be so broad with your description and then not expect people to try to like find some other point of reference to sell your music to somebody. Anyway, <laughs> rant complete. Yep, all right there. I like that. <laughs> Old man yelling at cloud. Yeah, <laughs> classic. <laughs> I think the the only other thing I uh, really appreciated was actually the the drums too. For I described it as very thumpy, and just I just imagined just a, an oversized rabbit just really beating down on the drums. God and damn it, just, it for, amazing! <laughs> and for some reason, that just seems really satisfying to uh, for me imagining an oversized angry rabbit just pummeling the drums to this entire EP. I like that. From seeing your music videos back in the day, that checks out completely. Someone needs to do like a. You remember how Jay Dino used to do those like smash characters with long legs dancing to mathcore videos? He needs to do oh, oversized geez. aggressive <laughs> rabbit drums too. <laughs> Random music. I'll, I'll pitch that. I'll pitch him that. I'm sure he'll like it. Nice. Jay Dino, get back to me. I know you listen to every episode of Mathcast as soon as it comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not true, as far as I know. 
So uh, I think undressing is the track personally. I didn't really like get into, oh, you know, just very quickly, another thing that sort of reminded me of was um, that track, the, the very sassy track was obligation versus entitlement. And uh, I felt like that could have been a Blood Brothers or Fear Before cut. It was almost a bit uncharacteristic. That's really like where most of the sass on this EP is, is kind of deposited, really. Agreed. Agreed. I'm just saying. But yeah, I think Undressing is the track, though. The opener is, is just that fucking strong. And it's the title track of the EP, so I think it sort of spells out for you like where you know the heaviest shit's going to be. There it is. So we're going to go ahead and play for you, unless there's any objections from Luke. <laughs> Any protest, Luke? I, I object. I protest, and I protest the hero as well. <laughs> you protest the hero as well. Perfect. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Undressing, which is the title track from Homewrecker and the Bedwetters' new EP that came out on January 25th. And by the way, it's it's weird to see that people are like, I mean, I, I not digging the name. I mean, it's like, I guess it's like not super brutal or heavy, but like. I what love the uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good, yeah. What was the last one we covered? Uh, this would have been years ago, Professor Caffeine and the Insecurities. The same idea, you know? Just like, I feel like it's like the rock and roll kind of thing where it's like, da-da-da-da and the da-da-da-da. Yeah. Like, what, exactly. what are we doing here? Like that kind of thing, you know? It's That's like, exact, what's happening? That is exactly what it is. Johnny Rockets and the Rocketers. It's like, <laughs> I, we could just be one band called the Rocketers. Why are, Why is that one person like that kind of thing? I don't like that. Yeah, who, I want to know who the homewrecker is. Who's who's who are the bedwetters? And in the, the bedwetters are just like yeah, yeah. Who's doing who's doing what? Who's doing the wrecking and who's doing the wedding? <laughs> That's what Mathcore index asking the important questions here. Um. So yeah, here we go. <laughs>
So last, we're going to talk about Salt Shade. Mm-hmm. And Salt Shade are a progressive metal band from Madison, Wisconsin. They're and from Wisconsin? They are. Originally, Whoa. for some reason, I thought that they were from Minnesota because of their sound. But well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm almost like, I mean, it's in the same area, but like, I, don't know, I thought this was a Minnesota band for sure. Yeah, I, that's funny that we had that same assumption. So they just dropped their debut EP, Retrospect, on December 16th. I, again, going back for this one, but I wanted to cover it because I enjoyed it so Worth much. Worth it. For Worth sure. It. Although technically you'd classify this as an EP, it's pretty lengthy as EPs go. Like it's over 20 minutes for sure. And it's a pretty like broad variety of material. Like six tracks or something like yeah. that. I mean, it's like, that's yeah, getting there. It's, it's chunky. And I mean, it's, it's very experimental. There's like some atmospheric electronic movements. And that really gives this EP some good pacing that makes it feel like a larger album. It's it's longer than the fucking thin album that we just talked about by mm-hmm. about six minutes. So there you have it. <laughs> then had like ah, you beat me to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> take your thunder there. Nope, that's alright. Um, I I want to say though, uh, uh, very well rounded this uh this EP. Uh, I really enjoyed where the singing parts were. Uh, not over milk there. Very um, competently delivered. Yep, yep. Um. I, man, it's 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 got this kind of diverse, kind of proggy metalcore, I mean, mathcore thing going on, you know. Definitely progressive metalcore is sort of like the, yeah. if I had to get super specific about my genrefication, you, you know, I will. <laughs> that's that's where I would go with it. Luke, how would you want to describe this band? Oh, jeez, it, it's good music. <laughs> it's a heavy band, right? It's a heavy band. It's metal. Uh, I'll take that shit. I like that, Luke. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I really don't have much to say other than that. Uh, the track uh, "Manifest" was the the earworm to me for sure. I was fucking. I was there. For me, it was disembodied and seas of guilt. I feel like seas of guilt was seas like of guilt as well. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that was the strongest track on the track listing personally. What about you, Luke? Yeah, I um. I was really surprised by this, but just by how I'm, tr- I'm going to try to avoid the word cinematic, but I, my vocabulary is only so. You haven't used it tonight, though, man. Again, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, let's no. use that. Let's use cinematic. But it definitely is. Uh, it definitely, and uh, in Christian, to your point, when you, you said that you know it's an EP and it's longer than uh, Thin's uh, album Dusk, but it really does feel like one. Um, it feels like one. Like, I don't want to use cohesive. Well, it is cohesive, but that's not mm-hmm. the word I'm going for at the moment. It just seems like it is one uh, long story that seems to be like really well planned out. It almost seems like um, there's an overarching narrative. In other words, yes, yeah, an overarching narrative. It definitely seems like it's a full-on production where they have a start, a middle, and an end, and they have a cast of characters. It it definitely feels like a whole story being told over this five-minute track listing. Where like this EP feels like an album, but it's not drawn out in any way or anything that. It doesn't overstay its welcome. No, definitely not. Well said, bud. Well said. I would readily compare right. this to The World is Quiet Here, actually, too. I, I feel like this record draws from a lot of similar, like, Sumerian core influences, if you will. Uh, periphery, Between the Buried and Me. I feel like they're really channeling a similar set of influences that you guys were on Zon. So that's okay. So it's really funny you bring that up because I didn't, I had no idea who this band was. And then you just mentioned on the track list. I'm like, okay, let me take a snoop at their who's in this. So Spencer Fox, who mixed this, and I'm, I have no idea what he's actually doing on the, the music side of things, but Spencer Fox is the same guy who mixed uh, Zon. Oh, no shit. That's so yeah. fucking funny, dude. 
I didn't. Yeah, I you know, no I think idea. I saw that on Bandcamp, and I just like was like, oh, I know that name, and I, I just moved this. on with my life. That's so funny. This is the shit, dude. What a small world, yeah. Yeah, it was so, it, which is funny. You also mentioned that kind of Minnesota, Wisconsin sort of influence because same. <laughs> that's where the words right, Wisconsin, are right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so funny. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I was really pleasantly surprised with this. I'm actually very glad that, uh, I, granted, I could be biased because it is Spencer Fox. Thank you for mixing our amazing album. <laughs> uh, but but I, I, was, I was so glad that I get to listen to something from Spencer and not have to pretend that it's, it's yeah, I guess it's okay. It's, it's actually really amazing. <laughs> Dude, sometimes you got to do that. You got to take a hit for the team and you just got to be like, yeah, it was good. It was, it was good, <laughs> man. Me. But yeah, this is, this is a, a no problem endorsement, I'm sure, for you because this is, this is a good fucking album. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, the production is fantastic. I mean, and it's it's definitely a it's a series of compositions, and not just a mixed bag of riffs. It's it flows so well together. And um, one, and one last thing I will, I will mention is uh, I really like the uh, the sharp spanky guitars from what I'm assuming is a Strat. Your fucking descriptions are amazing, <laughs> Luke. But yeah, this was this is fucking good though. I really really enjoyed this. If I had to pick a track, I would say "Seas of Guilt" is the one for the podcast. Luke. What track would you pick? Oh, shit. Well, actually, Christian, you mentioned, you said your two favorites were Seas of Guilt or Disembodied, which happens to be my pick, too. So I guess uh, we'll go with Seas of Guilt. Okay, cool. You bastards. I, I was, I'm manifest, so I'm always on the outside. So yeah, just do the fucking what you guys want. <laughs> you know, I try to meet you halfway sometimes, but this time, it's this not. Time, it's no, not no. this time. Because Luke's here. He's gonna get <laughs> so we're going to play for you. <laughs> yes. We need to get James in here so someone can appreciate that baby talk. <laughs> So we're going to play for you Seas of Guilt, which is track three from Retrospect, which is Saul Shade's new album that came out back in December. Here we go.
All right, so that was Seas of Guilt, which is track three from Retrospect, which is Saul Shade's new album that came out back in December. So last, we're going to have a chat here with our good friend Luke Kelly of The World is Quiet Here, Zelophilia, and most importantly, obviously, Antarctica fame. Who? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you've... Tom, Tom Noid... Tom Noid. Can we talk? Can we talk? Yeah. Can we talk? Can we talk about Tom Noid for a second? Can you tell, can you tell sure. our listeners about Tom Noid? Sure. Where, where do you want to? Where do you want to start? Where do you want to know? So, how? Where did you get that moniker? So, for our listeners, Luke. I know Luke from way back in the day. He had a band called Borium, and uh, his moniker, his uh, his stage name, Nom de Plume, was. Tom Noid at that time. So where did where did you get that moniker? I just have to know. Um. So, and I was really in the phase of actually, you know, that happened to be during the time where when MySpace was still a thing, and you only were limited to doing four tracks. So you make a band profile, and you're limited to do four tracks. So essentially, you were only able to upload an EP's worth of music. So I was making artist names for the different projects I had. So there'll be like a, there'll be like one hardcore metal death deathcore project. Um, I had something called like I forget what it was. It was like Dime Street Carnival Band. So that was one other project, and then one of them was I just wanted to do a solo project. It's kind of more like weird jazzy uh, Tom Waits ripoff, and I decided to just go with uh, that project. But the the name that I got for that was I've. In our hometown, they had an art exhibit of just local artists, and one of the sculptors there was named Frank Noid. I probably got his name wrong because it's been that long ago. And it was just this very bizarre-looking, I was like, mutated fish sculptures. I It would be really hard to describe, but I never heard that name Noid, so... And I was listening to Tom Waits at the time, so I just threw Tom at the, for the first name. Okay. So, <laughs> Thank you for remembering that question. Okay. That's been that's been a burning question for like two decades. Okay, so basically, I was just trying to steal other people's identities as, as my new artist identity. So you know, very very apt Amazing. for the rest of my life. So your your first band was what then? My first band. Yeah, what was your first band? Uh, where did where did you like get your musical start? Like, where did you? Like where, where did you like? What got you into music initially? You've been having like musical diarrhea for years. You've yeah. been spewing shit. Yeah, you've out really in, you've been enjoying quite a uh, a resurgent of renaissance. I want to say of yeah, just renaissance man of creativity <laughs> in the last like five years, specifically with your your solo project and your voice acting stuff. And you have done yeah, you've done so many different projects recently. So what, what was your what, what is the start of your musical journey? Like what got you into playing music? Oh, um, I didn't even think about that for a while. Uh, I guess I would say that actually, really, I just want to get into music to be like my brother. Uh, he just got a guitar. You remember, I remember he got a Jackson Dinky guitar. Um, I thought that Shredder. was just the coolest. Huh? Shredder. Yep. So I thought that was just the coolest fucking guitar ever. And I just wanted to play guitar just like my brother. But then I realized, oh, you know, finally diverging my identity from my brother. I actually liked music as it was and trying to teach myself how to how to play and kind of stumble along through it just like how everyone else does in their musical careers. Just start as a you know, 10-year-old, 12-year-old kid, right. somewhere around there. Um, I 
I forget which band came first. I think my very first band when I was like 13, 14, it was like a, it was a metal band called Overshadowed. We were all in high school. Um, Overshadowed? Overshadowed, which I don't... That sounds like a, a Shadows Fall, <laughs> what it sounds like to me. <laughs> you, you know, I think that was actually one of the bands that we listened to, that uh, the bassist and drummer listened to. So we Clearly. were... we were. Th- yeah, we were three-piece. I guess it was a very odd mix of trying to combine our influence. Like, so... I'm trying to remember. Like, the drummer was really into Lamb of God, uh, Macedon, Slayer, Old Metallica. The bassist was definitely more jazz influence. He definitely loved uh, Black Sabbath. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Um... I can, <laughs> I can definitely. That's funny you said, dude. Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, and Primus. If you're from California and Primus is not part of your journey, I feel sorry for you. But yeah, <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic is. That's funny because he's actually a pretty big part of my musical journey, at least from oh, really? in, like my childhood. Yeah, for sure. Like, I really. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about his music that I, I gravitated towards as like a really silly, like class count, clown kind of kid at the time. I was like oh, really. Yeah. I was like trying to be funny too is the thing. I, I knew I was funny uh-huh. and I was trying to be funny and I was trying to be funnier and I really sort of gravitated towards that kind of that kind of stupid shit. I'm gonna step in <laughs> here I'm gonna step in here and say I sold less clay pool weed in two thousand fifteen. Boom. That's it. Wow. That's I wanna say. That's, that's Levi's biggest claim to fame. He was a huge germaphobe. I shook his hand once. He wiped his hands, was very upset, and then I was so happy. I shook his <laughs> hand again, and he got very upset that I shook his hand a second time. And that was about it. It was very awkward, but he bought my weed, and that was it. So, <laughs> did you like fanboy oh out on Gushman? I did. And he was not very happy about it. He was just like, "Stop shaking my hand, please," <laughs> like that kind of thing. Was, it was good. It was a great time. We're friends now. So you should have you should have said, "I love your work on at the pump house or, or behind the pump house." <laughs> That's his book. He would have appreciated that. Okay. Honestly, I I, 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 I fanboyed. I gushed. I, I, I basically, I, I'm pretty sure I just shook his hand and just named albums of Primus at him. That's that so funny. Thing, you know, so I yeah, out. I, I, that's, I can definitely see, I can see Primus and Bungle coming through your music in like a, a big fucking way. Holy and fuck, the, the playfulness, the, uh, the humor, the, uh, the, this, the sardonic, is sardonicness a word? Is sardonicness a word? I don't know. It is now. Sard, sardonicism. <laughs> <laughs> to the sardonic tinge. So, I'm so shall ignorant. We say. I'm just going to believe it right now. It's like, yep, that's, that sounds good. <laughs> I don't know enough about sardonic to dispute that. <laughs> but yo, dude, um, uh, Luke. Um, so, uh, oh well, well, you know, I'm sorry. Before, yeah, I, ahead, before I forget ahead, this, so can, can I just ask you more about your brother? So, what your, your, you said that your brother was a musician. Well, did he play in any yep. bands that we that we've heard of? Or? Um, let's see. I don't. I don't think it'd be anything Math Index would have uh, covered. So I'm trying. He be, like any he like local because Ukiah is just so full of death metal bands that I you know I feel like I may may know that <laughs> Ukiah has definitely not a whole lot of death metal going on. It's uh, it's got some metal going on, but not death metal. The um, only bands I know out of fucking Ukiah are death metal bands. So maybe it's really maybe it's that's, not my, that's my bias, perhaps. Luke, uh, we're not well, giving your mostly... address out, but uh, are you still in Ukiah right now? No, nope. he lives in Los Angeles now. Oh God, okay, thank right? God. No, I, no, it's it's uh. I'll say it since it's a big enough city. It's uh, Sacramento. Oh, okay. Oh, right. homie, you're close to us. Then I mean, just good. Fuck. You're out of Ukiah. Just, just fucking yeah. move on. Fuck, we need to kick it, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I thought you were in L.A. Nope. Um, so anyway, you're, the you're, opposite you're, direction. Your brother, though. So you, your brother was a guitarist in, yep. in a metal band, or 
Nah, it was all all punk or hard bands. I'm just trying to go in chronological order what bands he was in. Um, so Bright White Noise. I, there's got to be a lot of bands that it's, they're like locally famous. Like if you were friends with them, like oh yeah, I remember totally. that band. But if you're if you're like 15 minutes outside of Ukiah, you probably haven't heard of them. Legendary but, uh, local bands is what I like. Legendary to call them. local. Yep. Yes. Like yeah, bands that just like mean so fucking much to some people on like a level that you can almost not even understand unless you've had a really close friend and a very like important local band. Yep. 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 When, when you're that, when you're like one degree of separation away from it, it's the, the, the importance on it, especially when you're in a small town, like is just, is so magnified. Absolutely. Am I wrong? I mean, like, no, you're I feel not like wrong. In, I know, I know you can't yeah. see me because I don't have a camera on, but no, I'm, I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm nodding my head violently. Cool. Yeah, man. I, I feel like Ukiah, just like Northern California, is just full of those microcosms left and right. Like, you can go to any small town in California and find an area where there's like a legendary local band that like nobody's heard of, and you can't even find their music online. I believe anymore, but... we call that a scene, Christian. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And we, you know, before that, the internet documentation, you know, in less less stuff is like available to listen to, obviously. So anyway, um, what was I going to ask you? So you started probably going to shows really early. Then, what was your first show? Oh jeez! Um, your first like heavy? What was like your first like heavy like metal or punk show? I think I don't even remember what it was. It was at a school. It was outside. There were I was like eight years old or something like that, and there were the intimidating teenagers, timid, <laughs> you know, the the punk rock looking teenagers mm-hmm. walking around, and uh, that's when you cross the street be, to the other side. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, yeah, so I wouldn't be able to tell you what, what it was. It was just, yeah, I just remembered it was punk music, and I just remember that my, my chest was shaking from the from the kick drum. And uh, so I, I thought that was, oh, wow, this is so exciting. I'm almost scared. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, to feel and it on uh, such a like, molecular level is, is mm-hmm. like life-changing for sure. Yeah, Ah, jeez, I'm trying to, now I'm trying to think of a band or a show that I've seen where it was a band that I remember could put, I really wouldn't be able to tell you. I'm sorry. I'm just absolutely drawing a blank. So that this, Appreciate your honesty there, can man. Can I tell you my first heavy show, Luke? <laughs> what What now? Can I tell you my first heavy show? Go ahead. Skillet. Skillet? I saw Skillet. They are a, church. A, they are a religious uh, metal band, and they've gotten more and more worse through the years yeah yeah it's like it was like it's like trapped before trapped existed yep they're like they're like the original trapped they're like they're like if trapped and hoobastank like man that might collaborated like 20 years ago 30 years ago skill it might be a husband and wife thing these days i think like the the wife's involved and stuff like just kind of like i have a skillet shirt somewhere it's like i I have a skillet baseball tee somewhere that I I've bought never at that seen show. It. I've never seen it, dude. Because it's probably in storage. I need to bust that out and sell it online. It's probably worth two hundred dollars or something. No, you need to bust your ball oh, chain necklace and put those both on again. Fucking, let's get <laughs> no back one wants shit. No, let's do no this. one wants five years of fucking my dead skin and sweat. <laughs> oh, ball chain necklace. Yeah, no, I just what you took me right back to my childhood too. Yeah, you used to wear those too. You you mm-hmm. had like the whole getup for the uh, the Tom Noid character. You had like the lab jacket and like the like the, the yeah, mad that, scientist that was, that was like. Yeah, that was that was post uh, uh, ball train. Okay, that was post ball train. <laughs> totally, that's fair. Yo, um, uh, those two outfits don't jive. 
Do you have nope. any questions about just Lace Current? Oh, yeah, of course. We're, we're getting there. Because oh, uh, no, I, I have a, uh, yeah, I just, okay, like, cool. I want to, yeah. Don't worry. So moving this right along, because Levi's getting impatient, I can I, I just want to talk sense about it. Your, I want to talk about your new shit, man. It's so fucking good. I just man. wanted to get, for our listeners, just to get into his background really quickly. So, yeah. So we're really here to talk about your work with The World is Quiet here. You guys just dropped this album, Zon. We covered it. Via Silent Pendulum. Yeah, we covered it a few podcasts ago. Uh, One of my favorite records of the year so far. Really fantastic progressive metal that's just bringing me back to the glory days of Sumerian. And I say that in the most positive way. So how did you end up meeting with them? Like, how did, how did you... That takes uh, my question away. How did that happen? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. How did you end up linking up with these guys? Um, so the guitarist, uh, Isaac, you know, I feel bad because we also, uh, Isaac and I re- semi-recently had this conversation, like, how did we meet again? And I, I, I don't even remember. It was like as if we were always friends on the internet at some point. Love that. Um, <laughs> it's like, are you going to go back eight years on a chat and try to figure it out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure how it came to be. I think Isaac found my music somewhere in some weird progressive metal progressive rock reddit thing and i'm sure after i get off this podcast and talk to him he's gonna quickly correct me uh but anyway uh he's anyway so he found my music somewhere and then reached out to me through the band camp um on band camp and then uh, we were just like facebook friends and then he and then uh I, he does this thing called riffified which i don't know if you riffified. guys have already yeah that I, I see I, yeah so he takes so it basically takes um, it's basically internet memes as video memes and then just creates the most like chaotic uh, metal around it like to every so say if someone's talking he would create a whole metal song to that person talking and, and like every single moment would match up exactly to the syllable but it's like every like half second is like I don't know it's just emotionally charged madness and Para, I don't know how parametric par, par, I think parametric is the word to describe that parametric I think so maybe I'm wrong okay. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because I've seen many videos of jazz drummers doing it to like it's always sunny clips. Yep, and that's yep, endless, yep. endlessly yeah, dude. entertaining. Yes, dude. Yep. So it's like that, except it's uh, progressive death metal, and it's fully produced. And I have no idea how he does it. It's kind of like the, the weird mix between the, as, you know, progressive death metal, but also kind of the same uh, approach as like you know the old Looney Tunes music compositions, where like every single moment is jam. Like the music is following every single uh, movement of this show every every bing bam boom sound that there is or if you get run over by a car or if there's uh you get dropped on by an by an acme uh <laughs> safe so anyway it's kind of like that but just just mind-bogglingly uh absurd the way he does it so anyway all right so he reached that's a really long-winded way yes that's a very cool. long-winded way to say we met on the internet as all good friendships that start. And then uh, we were just friends for many years later. Uh, well, not many years later. We were friends for many years up until um, we were talking about the album, uh, Zon. And so what happened was, uh, for one reason or another, their their uh, vocalist was no longer in the band. So they just posted online saying, hey, we're looking for a vocalist, and no one uh, said anything yet. So I was just asking curiously, hey, did anyone... Uh, did anyone uh, anyone check in with you guys? Did anyone you know audition or anything to get you get any nibbles? And it's like, oh well, no. But uh, since you're asking, uh, you, you want to be part of this record? <laughs> and I didn't mean to be. I was just asking, <laughs> just asking uh, sincerely, curiously. Hey, did anyone reach out to you guys yet? So that, that's how I got 
That's how I got part of Zon. That's the very short version. Um, we, we talked about this like two episodes ago when we covered you and everything like that. But uh, I got to say, man, you really um, you really have fun with your vocals like that. Boom, chip it. Boom, chip The ad living at the, the beginning yeah, yeah. of um, <laughs> the Helix, whatever it is. Yeah, that's fucking that was really good. Like, what, what, like, <laughs> specific, perfect timing. Specifically, for that. like what? Like, I, I'm going to call that almost like a filler in a way, like in a funky filler way. Like, what made you do that? Yeah, was that was that just like. Was that spontaneous? Or, yeah, it was like a joke, like playing? an inside joke, or like what, like the because it, it, it works, it works so well, and like if you do listen to it, you're like, motherfuckers just going boom, but you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, sort of, sort of irrhythmically rather, not it's not really to like the tempo of whatever is happening on the music. It's like you're vibing yourself, you know, unless you're creating a polyrhythm, and I'm just like not savvy, but. <laughs> Uh, well, funny. The funny thing is, the, all the layers except for that boom chaka bow wow part is uh, Isaac. Actually, he. Um, we were going back and forth, but well, not just Isaac, it's the whole band, but we were going back and forth and Isaac suggested, sometimes it would send little audio clips of like, okay, so for this section, can we do some X, Y, and Z? And he would send like in a Reaper session, you know, a list of his little, uh, how would you say it? Little overdubs of the different sound effects. So basically mm-hmm. I was just repeating what he was giving me in that moment. But the only thing that I added was the thing that you guys commented on was just the boom chucka bow wow. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. I just felt like, I just, I don't know. I just thought, I'm really surprised that anyone decided to comment on it because I thought it was something, it was going to be one of those things that no one would even listen to or would even know. No, it's so, it's it's over so quickly. It's like sort of just like this minor detail, but like it's so like whimsical and playful that it really sticks with you. I, think. I mean, like you can listen to a, you can listen to a song, right? But are you really listening to it? But like, it's like, it, it, like uh, I listened to it and like I, the second time through, I was like, what the fuck? Wait a second. I was like, is he just going boom check a wow wow? Like, what the fucking shit, dude? That's that's brilliant. You yeah, know? I'd like, like to think that we challenge each other to like listen to the songs um, like a different level to where you you pick up on subtleties like that, or to the point where that you're able to comment on it. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in this case, I feel like it definitely it adds quite a bit to the beginning of that track. It's so like, it's such a like light humor to like the the banger that's about to happen, you know, like through the whole rest of the fucking album, so, right? You know, that kind of thing. Anyways. So, did you compose your your vocal parts, or was it a collaborative process, or how how did that work? Did you like write the lyrics, or did you both write the lyrics? Um, so the vocal melodies, the actual vocal parts, that's very collaborative. There's some parts. So the lyrics, I didn't I didn't have a hand in it. The uh, thank thank God that I would not have been able to. Uh, not been able to come up with that concept or be able to put together the lyrics to fit that story that they were telling the, the magnum opus that is Zon for the mm-hmm. whole concept. So thankfully, uh, the the boys, uh, I think it's mostly Tyler and Ethan. Uh, they wrote the lyrics for that. And that's uh, nice were, when somebody already has a strong vision behind the project. Um, yeah. Can I uh, ask you, um, like, as far as when myself, like, you know. Uh, just not being in many bands and everything like that. Like with when this is happening, um, do they suggest like how you're presenting it? Like you know, like in the song, or are they giving you the dumping you with the lyrics and be like, all right, fit it into the song? It's it's very much a mix. So it's it's yes to everything you just asked. Um, so what happened was I really love this process, especially since it was had to be done remotely. Is that they set up a Google Doc and they put down the lyrics. And then in the Google Doc, they would, you know, write their notes, you know, hey, this is Isaac here. I think it'd be good if we did death metal. Oh my God, here. what a fucking nightmare. <laughs> no, no, no. Fuck, really? It is, so to you guys, it might seem like a nightmare, but for, for all of us, I was like the only, it seemed like the best possible way to go about it because it kept everyone on, well, literally the same page, the same Google Doc, uh, so to speak. But 
you know, sometimes in some parts they would say, you know, do whatever you want here. Other parts would say, I would really like to hear a melody here. Sometimes they would record the parts that they were thinking for certain melodies for specific oh, lyrics and send it over. Good. Okay. And uh, another part, and but there was also I, I won't be able to tell you the percentage of how much of it was suggested. What other half was do whatever you want, but I would say it's like roughly, I would say like forty percent. We want to hear it this way. Sixty percent do whatever you want, and. Um, and it was it made for a great collaboration because even after I record my part, it would spark another idea for them. Like, oh, you know, I really like the uh, the triplet sort of feel that you did here, uh, but how about we do it like a tad bit faster, or or instead of death metal growls here, let's do the now the, the hardcore shouts or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, hope- amazing. Wow, you really you uh, so um, ultimately like uh, very twenty first century album. Like how this how the how the recording went through the al- uh, for the album, um, I take it the band recorded everything, and did you record remotely yeah. somewhere else and then bring that? Yeah. Or? Yep. Um, yeah? That's yeah. exactly yeah. right. They recorded everything themselves, and then I had it moved. Which answers my over. next question. Yeah. And so <laughs> well, they recorded so, everything themselves. So, um, oh, go ahead. I, mean, I, me, I take it, Luke. You just did it yourself, like by like in in your place, or did you go to a studio? Because I mean, naturally, you're already making your Good own question. music forever, so. It's, um, so that is at the time I was at a duplex with thin walls, so I couldn't really. Maybe I could do boom, check up bows in there, but I couldn't really do ah in the. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I get self conscious, you know. You gotta yeah. be. I have to have soundproofing. I can't like do metal vocals in an apartment. Yeah. So at, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that either. So what I end up doing is taking a laptop and recording the backseat of my car behind a bush before my ship <laughs> That's amazing. You know who else has that Closet, same? Closeted vocalist just the, trying to figure it out. You the know, Central like, has that same process. They like record vocals in their car. They just go park like in a public space somewhere where they can just like be loud. I love that. that is, that's so funny. It's, it was honestly, it was the only option I had. <laughs> it was... Totally. So, recording you, vocals sitting down is not fucking easy, by the way. Let's be honest, it, everybody. Nope. No matter what in the scene, playing shows, trying to practice in a band or do whatever, rentals fucking suck. So you heard it here <laughs> first. The vocals to Zahn were recorded sitting down. <laughs> yep. You need to fucking do better if you can't fucking record vocals that good standing up. Yep. <laughs> Damn, dog. You're fucking savage. That's incredible, Luke. Honestly, like to be able to pull off that kind of style that consistently with such versatility sitting the fuck down dog like that's incredible you're uh luke i I do want to say though like um we i mentioned this like in the uh, two podcasts ago when we covered you but uh the registry of your vocals not only is impressive and like um considering that the lowest you had like the lowest like contrabass speaking voice, you know i mean just i mean literally hearing your voice like speaking wise is blowing my mind but uh i just um i want to say that like you the way that your register works with this music, it's truly through this whole album, I'm just thoroughly impressed with the vocal approach. Slash, I feel like you're just having fun the whole time. Where I'm like, is this guy like just like joking around in a way? Like, I mean, the, the, the I mean, you have a very, you're very talented with your range and everything like that. I just feel like sometimes, like, like with this album, were there points other than that boom chicka wow wow kind of thing, like that you're just having fun, quote unquote, you know? <laughs> Well, thank, thank you very much. Um, yeah, <laughs> there were some parts where I just decided. I, don't know, I figured because the album was so 
I, I gotta be honest, all the albums I, I ever did by myself, they were never to this length. So this is a lot of just content that we had to, had to do. And I'm of the opinion that if you only have one vocalist and the longer the music is, that means that's one voice you're gonna, that's one voice you're gonna be have to listen to even longer. So it's the monotony. So it's going to be even more monotonous. So I feel like I had no choice but to put in as much variety as I could to not make it boring and and ruin all their good work. So I, that's why I was trying to... How benevolent. <laughs> trying to do everything I could to uh, throw all the ideas at the wall and um, well, get the guys as a the people. Album, so good job. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, we're talking to you for a second. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's okay. You, know, you, did a, you did an okay job. Oh, I it's, it's a bang-up job. You know, It's, it's passable. But dude, uh, yeah, uh, uh, thank you for answering that. It just, um, it, I'm truly blown away by your register and everything. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. In all seriousness, fucking yeah. really, really excellent work on that album. Definitely, really enjoying it. Thank you. I will throw this in there. There's actually been a lot of times where the guy, I thought I was being too ridiculous. They asked me to go a little further. <laughs> that's See, what's up, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, that's how you know you're you're doing good work. <laughs> that being said, are there any plans for live shows in the future? With the world is quiet here, you guys gonna set up some gigs or? Um, at the immediate moment, no, uh, especially with just how the band is set up where we're kind of all desperate. Uh, disparate? Desperate? I can't. I've seen the word red. Disparate. Never... <laughs> disparate is the word, yeah, for disparate. sure. Disparate. Thank you. Disparate. I don't know how, I don't know how English works. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know either. Yeah, so what are taxes? All... What's a mortgage? Do <laughs> <laughs> you, you understand the economy? Anyway. <laughs> so... Yeah, it, it will probably take a while before we actually get together for anything. So right now, um, the most right now the band only exists online, and uh, but uh, maybe I don't know. Who knows if that will change in the future? I, it would be I'm, you know I say it right now. It would be criminal if this shit never got performed live. Like mm-hmm. the world is quiet here. You guys need to book a tour that is convenient for Luke. How <laughs> and you take this shit on the road, Luke? I'll meet you in the middle. Let's give give us a music video. Math Corey next will sponsor the tour. <laughs> sponsor as far as just you know putting putting my logo on the flyer. I will yeah. send you the lo- I will send you the the PNG of my logo and you will put it on the flyer. Okay. And then I will share the flyer. <laughs> Sick man, this is fucking shit, dude. I can't give you any money. <laughs> but yo, uh, uh, but uh, ultimately, um, if, if if said situation would happen, I mean, um, are you ready to like do live? I mean, like most of your projects, I feel like have been just you know, you know. That is an excellent question. You know, like from from your desk. You know, when so, was the last time that you you played a gig? To just sort of add on that. I don't even remember. It was definitely years. You son of a um, bitch. My last gig was 2009 20. with Antarctica, so. God, I think. I think I might be right that there you with played. that. You played. Yeah, that was, was our last sh- that was our last show. Was the Antarctica <laughs> show in Ukiah. That was like one of the best shows I've ever played, by the way. I mean, not maybe yeah. performance-wise, but in terms of like headcount, like gross number of people through the door. Luke, mm-hmm. were you bass for Antarctica? Yeah, dating ourselves here, dating dating myself rather. (laughs) Just talking about your your other projects. What's up with uh, Zelophilia? Do you have anything in the works with Zelophilia? I know you you put out that one really great album, Lust, Loathing, and Love, which is fucking fantastic. If you're not familiar with that, if you're a fan of Bungle, Dillinger, Locust, Meshuggah, definitely take some time to go back and listen to that, and you'll start to see where some of these chops are coming from oh I just looked Luke I just looked this up uh, it's the only thing you ever uh, dropped on that I remember this album specifically holy fucking shit dude yeah, I would love to hear a follow up <laughs> to that project if you've if you've got any more songs in the bank on that you should absolutely publish them there, 
Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. That was, I, uh, even though it's definitely a long time ago, I remember pouring my soul into that one. Um, although I think part of it now is that because so much time has passed, I always get little fear. I always get some fear that there'll be the, uh, the, the sophomoric, sophomore album curse, especially after, what, more than a decade later. Slump. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's like the necro- necrophag- or necrophagist thing, you know? It's like there's such an, a massive expectation. Sorry, we're having some random noise in the background there. There's <laughs> such like a, a massive... Ac- but then again, you're not like... You're not Mohammed Shemez. I don't think there's like, you know, 20,000 people sitting eagerly waiting on the next Elephilia album. No, but- no, no, not at all. But I, but all all three of those people, I, I don't want to <laughs> let them down. You don't want to let me and Levi down, basically. Yes. I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> but if but if you want it, I I guess I'll just make it just for you. I won't even make it public. I'll just make a selfie album just for you, for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. You're a sweetheart. That's, that's oh, classy. Nice. Would love to hear more Zelophilia. I won't linger too much on that because it sounds like it's it's a bit dormant at the at the time. But yeah, I, I would love to hear a follow up to that because that was that was fucking fantastic. Uh, I I know you've been doing a lot of voice acting lately. Uh, is, is there any project that you wanna you wanna plug there? Uh, no, because there's no project to to plug. Uh, oh, really? Um, That's a crime. I really feel like you should be getting into that, like as a profession. I, I've been trying to pursue it, but I feel like you are far more equipped. Oh, shucks, thank you, sir. What? Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, I haven't really gotten back into. It. I just remember trying to get into it years ago, and um, I think at least the avenues I was tr- trying to go through, like the um, places like I don't know if you heard of Voices dot com or Voices one Voice one two three dot com. Those are basically. Uh, yeah, they're, they're voiceover uh, websites where, because it has such a high demand, you act, essentially you have to pay to play, and okay. that puts you on the list of, to actually get paying gigs, and uh, I realized that was not for me, because basically, again, you're competing with the entire world over the internet, so it's not the same thing as finding that one cool project that's local, mm-hmm. and then making right. a relationship from you're, there. You're paying to compete with the world, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah. So anyway, well, that well, back when in my early twenties, I thought that was the only way to go about it. And then I, and then I stopped from there. So I've, there's only been a couple um, voice acting gigs that I've done. Uh, ironically, sort of, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, please finish your thought. Oh uh, no! All I was going to say, I think, I, ironically, the only consistent voiceover work is for their web comic is called Isla Akate. I-S-L-A. Isla Akate. Yeah. So it. Is, so this is going to be a, a weird switch of fan bases here. Uh, so it's it's a furry webcomic. It's okay. uh, so it's about uh, it's about these uh, aliens from this aquatic aquatic planet, and they every once in a while they are webcomics because they have their following over there. They have what they do. It's called animatics. It's essentially it's like. Think of like moving sketches, almost like you know, in the '90s when you saw uh, Disney movies, where before the movie was finished, the tr- the teaser was partly the unfinished sketches that laid up to the scene. So think of so think of that, but that's you know that's the video you have music and in voiceovers over this uh, this sketched animatic. So it's like moving, you know, kind of like a moving uh, web comic. Okay, so wait. like uh, like Newgrounds. <laughs> that's that's the closest point of reference I can come up with off the top of my head. Wait, so you wait, wait, Luke, Luke, wait, furry. So we're talking like like you basically did voiceover for like a sexual like comic. It's not. It's not it's inherently. No, it's, it's not inherently. It, nope. It's it's the PG rated version. Not that. Not that kind of furry. 
It's it's oh. the family friendly furries, which oh, I know like is hard to believe. Like, like foxtails on the on their butts and everything like that. That's okay. That's fine. Nobody's dry humping everybody. Things nope. like that. Not not everything is grooming. <laughs> So, so you started. Too. So the reason the reason I asked that is because you've been doing. I feel like there's sort of an element of voice acting to some of the projects that you've done. Like you've recorded, you've like recruited people to, you know, like a large group of people to openly collaborate, just like with like random mouth noises and shit as well. That was when I just got lazy and didn't want to uh, open up a new pro, new Bandcamp account under a different name. So I just threw that under the Lou Kelly moniker. Except I just added and friends. And um, friends. So, okay. Yeah. What are your summer, like some of your biggest vocal influences going into recording this album? Like, what were you, what were you sort of drawing on for, you know, what were you, what were you like kind of like channeling, if anything? Um, let's see. I don't really like you have, have any, like big inspirations. Yeah, but I, unfortunately, it's more. I'm just mostly just drawn to certain techniques rather than thinking of people, uh, especially when it comes to death metal uh, growls. Honestly, I don't really have any specific point of reference for death metal vocals. Just kind of being around that sort of environment where you're surrounded by death metal all the time when you're playing shows and going to the scenes is just sort of part of the... It's just... It's part of the water you drink, <laughs> so... Right. Um, so I don't really have any specific reference for that. Uh, for the weird vocals... As hard as I try now to try to shirk the influences from it, I can't because it's part of me now, is uh, definitely Tom Waits and definitely yeah. Mike Patton. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, the, the, I think that's the a deal with Mike Patton. Yeah, the Pattonisms are abundant and yeah. very clear with, and, with and, your, your stuff. And, and to be clear, you know, I, still, I still cherish that. I will never talk down to them. It's just that there was a there was a period of like a decade where I was actively trying to sound like Mike Patton and Tom Waits that now I'm at the point like, okay, that's, that's enough. <laughs> we, we can, <laughs> we, they already exist in the world. We don't, we, we don't need any more of that. <laughs> so right. try to do something a little different, but that's still, I, I was about to say that I feel like you have a very unique voice and I feel like that's, that's the best thing in the scene is to not, or rather as, as a vocalist trying to imitate another vocalist sound is like the, one of the worst things that you can do. You need to find your voice, especially with screaming. It's like, Everyone has a very different instrument and trying to like replicate the sound that somebody else just sort of like naturally makes isn't always mm -hmm. going to be like the healthiest thing for you. You have to find the way to correctly mm -hmm. vocal fry or, um, you know, tunnel throat or whatever, no, whatever fucking absolutely. technique. Yeah. Um, no. Luke, uh, going, going, False on, cord. uh, going on your voice and everything. I do want to know, like, uh, at, at what age did your, like, when did you change to this register? Like, you know, like, I mean, were you in high school, like middle school, like with this low voice? Because like, it, I mean, I'm uh, Christian has uh, headphones on right now and I'm listening through his headphones in a way. And like the I'm like almost like third person, like listening to you right now. <laughs> we're shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> but like, but like the monitoring situation, is the, the register <laughs> is like so ridiculously low. I just like I'm, I'm blown away. Like, this is what how you speak. In other words, he's able to hear you without even wearing headphones. Yeah. And like, I mean, just like it's so pronounced, you know, and like when I hear the, the when I hear the, the, the this last record, you know, I'm like, this motherfucker is like going deep. He's having fun. But then when I hear you, I'm like, oh, my God. This guy just this is this is the voice, you know that kind of thing. Where um, I'm just blown away by it. So like, when did you, when did you get this this register? Yeah, when did you the contrabass start coming out? Thank you. Is, um, is that how would you carry? Is that was how is that how you would characterize your range? By um, the way? I think there was definitely a period of time where I was actively trying to make my voice sound deeper. So I would I would for sure was a word. Um, 
strive for it to be called a contrabass. I'll put it that way. So I, so thank you. I'm really honored by that. Um, yeah, I would probably say at least a baritone, bass baritone somewhere around there. Um, but thank you. Uh, the I'm trying to remember. It, it was very gradual. I just remember that people who knew me from high school didn't start commenting my voice until maybe I was like 19, 20. Said, "Hey, your voice is different." Um, but I didn't notice it because the the change was so gradual. Um, but no, I the same shit happened. I, I had a pretty actually. I well, Christian, you remember I had a pretty high voice, and when we well, which it I was t- you sounded you sounded different. I met you when you were like fucking eight or eighteen or nineteen. I want to say yeah, yeah, dude. Like you were like a you were a, you had just graduated high school. I think yeah, I think I think so. So um, I wouldn't it was be like able legit to fifteen years ago. So yeah, I so I th- I don't think it was until the my early twenties that. You know, I'm sorry, you you can't see my face, but that's because I'm actively searching for my memories, and I just cannot, for life of me, pinpoint when it actually got to this point. <laughs> I think this was okay. a very slow burn. Slow but I mean, burner. like, at some point, somebody, like, did, I mean, some point, did somebody just be like, yo, like, what's up with your voice? And you were like, oh, <laughs> the, I mean, like, at some point, did you realize that you had this, like, lower register, or, or were you, like along the way you're like oh my you know that kind of thing you know or at some point like someday somebody was like yo what's up with your voice and you're like oh, oh gotta look back on this like oh shit my voice is low like that kind of thing yeah i yep definitely was um especially when i was working at a, a cashier at a dollar store a lot of people will comment on it um things like 21 22 around the time i think wow start getting those middle-aged middle-aged ladies mm, like the <laughs> eyebrows raised mm, what's going on how here? did you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the same shit happened. Yeah, 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 we know. <laughs> we got stories of Christian over here, so it's all good. <laughs> X nay on the stories day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, it's just uh, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, just uh, to, uh, to hear the voice and everything, and just like be like, oh my god, fucking yeah, this is what Luke fucking sounds like. Holy shit! Yeah, oh, so. I, I do want. I, I, I did bring this up earlier without uh, us like recording and stuff, but uh, I do want to say like I look up Luke Kelly, right? People, how do we find Luke Kelly out there? Luke, tell us. Uh, if I would say the best way is if you're going on Bandcamp, it's Lou Kelly, and that's L O U. Exactly. That's how I more mostly know you as is Lou Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say my name fast anyway, it sounds like Lou Kelly anyway. Luke. Kelly, right, Luke exactly. Kelly. That's that's yeah. the brilliance of it. Yeah. So to clear up any confusion, again, we're referring to Luke by his his given name, but the moniker that you can find him Luke. on Bandcamp yes. is Lou Kelly, and of course it's uh, it's helpful because it's a bit of a um, a portmanteau as well. How about you go on on any site right now and look up Luke Kelly, and you will have a fucking shit show that is not any of our. Uh, in, it's not us, Lou, our our Lou right now that we're talking to. So we, we got the real we got the real Luke Kelly on the line right now. So my next question to you is, I, it would be a shame to have that voice be wasted. Do you have any other like projects in the line? Would you be open to like you know going on tour with another band? Because you should be really like. Making a profession, I mean, if assuming that you were you know interested in doing it, you could easily make a profession out of being like a fill in vocalist for like someone of like peripheries caliber. Oh, shit. well, thank you. I don't even think about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even trying to oversell my boy. Just fucking go listen to this record, go back, listen to Zellophilia. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm putting out the, the, the casting call for you if you're interested. Like, someone should be someone should be picking you up and taking you into a, a bigger band. Thank you, Twister. I'm honored. 
I, I, yeah. really did. I was definitely feeling uh, uh, a little like uh, belittled uh, when I was coming into this podcast because I have <laughs> Christian. He's got a great radio voice. And then I was like, oh, this motherfucker coming in with even a lower voice. Oh, great, everybody. <laughs> wait, till, <laughs> wait till Luke starts correcting your grammar. Yeah, exactly. If you say you're and you're, I'm going to fucking... Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just um, I, I it's a uh, it's such a great uh, experience, especially uh, <laughs> this podcast is done. We're fucking done. Uh, but yo, uh, 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 Luke, um, do you like? Do you go by Lou to like push that, or are you Luke to everybody? Like that kind of thing. Like, do you Levi? I think just means you like your day to day. Yeah, your day to day, or like, or if you're promoting yourself, is, is that your business card? Do you? Like, oh, I'm yeah, should Kelly, I be referring to you as Lou? Is that like your preferred, yeah, your preferred title now? No, that, I, I don't particularly care. I really don't. Um, my day to day, I love you. I, yeah, my day to day, I just go by Luke. I go by my my legal name. But when it comes to the, and it, which is a little weird when it, uh, when the very few times that I do any, uh, like, the, if I have, am graced with the honor of being on the Math Cat Math Core Index podcast. I do do I go like yes my my name is Lou Kelly this is I'm going by my moniker now because that's the Gotta professional thing that to shit, do baby. so so yeah so anyway the to reiterate day by day legal name um, when I'm trying to promote something and get something someone to buy something for me Lou duly noted okay <laughs> I will uh, I will take that into consideration when I'm titling this podcast so um but yeah you you sort of skirted my question though do you have any or levi maybe cut me off and sort of put mm-hmm. us on a, a that, different tangent that. do you have any uh, intention of like getting out and like gigging with another band anytime oh soon? sorry um at the immediate moment no i think the closest thing to gigging with a band is really uh the world is quiet here even though i just answered earlier that we, whether gigs are ever gonna come up but that's uh that remains to be seen um but at the immediate moment now i don't i don't foresee myself gigging with any bands anytime too, and especially since I'm trying to get used to this new day job, which is taking a lot of my time and energy right at the moment. New day jobs will do that to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that I'm pretty much fresh out of questions here, but um, it's it's so good to fucking have you uh, on the podcast again, finally. Like, just such a long time coming, yeah. and um, yeah, man, just, again, I've said it so many times, but just a really... Uh, a personal fan of your work and honored to have collaborated with you on the past as well. Oh, look, was. And, um, and Trip, uh, you're part of Antarctica. I always forget about that. <laughs> yeah, we should honestly collaborate on some stuff in the future, too. Absolutely. You know, I'm looking forward I to know it. I, I didn't use your drum tracks from the Waking Grave song, but um, <laughs> <laughs> if you can forgive me for that one that one slight, then <laughs> perhaps we can, we can forge ahead in a new project. Oh, that's... That's fine with me. I, I would love that. And, uh, and Christian, okay, I, I, that too. I, I was going to say on another note, I know this is, I know this is going to be recorded for the podcast, but uh, as a personal note, Christian, I, I really appreciate your, you willing to be friends with me over the years. And um, I oh, know man. it's, it's just, yeah, of course. and so I really appreciate all, all your support and just, just the good energy you're putting out into the world and, and also just keeping you and Levi, keeping this math core index rolling. Yeah, I'm really proud of how you guys uh, cultivated this and turned into the, the the juggernaut that it is today. And <laughs> juggernaut, I like that. <laughs> Dude, it, it, it really is. I mean, Christians like made most of the most of Mathcore Index. I mean, I do just I, I talk on this podcast, man. But yeah, this motherfucker over here, he, he understands social media and he fucking his brain digests it well. I, I don't understand how he does it, man. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. I really appreciate that. But um, 
but, uh, but again, I got you. But, but again, I, I truly appreciate your friendship and, and just thank thank you for being with me all the years. Hell yeah, man! You as well. Fucking, it's it's been a, it's been a long, strange trip, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, uh, keep keep producing, uh, keep making better and better music as you've been doing. And we'll be good. Yeah, you should you should absolutely be. Uh, don't don't stop. You're you're getting pretty good if you just keep practicing. <laughs> if you just keep practicing. <laughs> You can, you can pick up some, but yeah, you'll get, you'll get, you might get signed by Dark Trail Records. <laughs> yeah, but you, you keep playing your cards right. You might be on the the biggest label in the top 100 band, label bands you've never heard of. Just like this podcast, we appeal to the tens of hundreds. Man, you are on your way, Luke. You know, Dark Trail is like a lily pad label. It's like what you, you get signed to when you're trying to actually get signed yeah. to Good Fight Music, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, uh, but uh, but Luke, uh, you fucking, uh, this is amazing, man. Is, thank you for um, dealing with our uh, audio things in the beginning. Thank you for dealing with our shenanigans yeah. and letting us steamroll you for the first, like, four bands. Yeah, we still have to yell at you and steamroll you. This is what we do. I'd like to think that you were just enchanted because you normally are listening to the podcast and not a part of it. <laughs> I, I, I was enchanted. You got, got me. <laughs> All right, well, Luke, is there anything else that you would like to, to plug here? Any any other upcoming projects? Um, any other creative endeavors? We'd love to hear about it. Oh, thank you. Um, nothing to note yet. Um, hopefully I'll get back to doing some music soon. So instead, in the meantime, I will just double down and, and back the amazing Zon album that the boys had out the quiet. The world the quiet. The world <laughs> is quiet here. <laughs> Air horn noises. <laughs> So they, they really yeah. produce. They really put together something amazing. I, I'm very proud that they allowed me to be a part of it. So fucking a man, you should be. You should be very proud. It's it's massive. That's it's, a notch on the belt for sure, man. Yeah, Fuck, yeah. It is a progressive metal opus for sure. Like, yeah. Thank you. You should be proud. Hi, cool, man. Well, I guess I guess we're we're about done here. So. I guess that about wraps it up for the 94th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. I'm your co-host, Levi. And Luke, thank you so much for joining us again. Oh, thank you for having me. And we'll be back again in a couple weeks with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. Stay beautiful.